PFTOT Draft Day Edition, where we won't be talking about the movie Draft Day. Thank God. Worst football movie ever made. We're going to be talking about the actual Draft Day. Today is the day of the draft. There's plenty of things we weren't able to get to, Chris Sims, during PFT Live. And let's get right to it. And, and, and let me just point out one thing. I like the idea that the NFL takes the draft on the road. It's exciting, right? They will have thousands of people in Nashville. But this time of year... Eastern climate, especially southeastern climate, yes. there's a risk right. that there's going to be thunderstorms, and thunderstorms are in the forecast. 70% chance of thunderstorms the last time I checked weather.com for 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. And the NFL says they've got a contingency plan. I hope that contingency plan consists of getting people into safe areas if there is lightning because the last thing we want is someone to get struck by lightning uh, while they're trying to scurry away from the draft stage. Because what happens is people are oblivious. One of the genetic defects we have is we think nothing bad's going to happen to us. I see people all the time who are just, this almost becomes an airing of grievances, who are just out and the, the, it's thunder and there's lightning and they just they just shrug at it. And, and hopefully the NFL has a plan that will cause those folks to disperse if there is some sort of lightning that is in the vicinity. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, I use the Weather Channel app. So yeah, it's 70%. Weather.com, I mean, come on, Weather Channel app's way better. I, that's the first thing I want to comment on. Second thing is, I've lived in Nashville and and yes, this time of the year, man, thunderstorms can whip up in a hurry down there and be pretty violent, too. I mean, some serious storms. But uh, yeah, I mean, selfishly, there's almost a part of me that wants to see like rain and kind of a storm come through. I don't want anybody to get hurt or anything like that, but I just want to see how the NFL would juggle that. Some of the TV sets, everything like that, I think could be for like some fun TV, kind of like us with the Kansas City Chiefs Colts game when we were in the blizzard. You know, it's kind of fun watch sometimes dealing, it's watching people on TV deal with the elements. Uh, but yes, it, it does seem like uh, what would the plan B be at that point? What do they do if that happens? Uh, I don't know. Do they move inside to the hockey arena? Well, what, what, how does that work? They say they have contingency plans, and their contingency plans have contingency plans. But okay. I look at it this way. You know, at a stadium, right, you end the game, you suspend it, you send everyone inside, and you advise the people to leave the seating areas because you have that concourse where they can hang out in a, in a much safer environment. What do you do when you've got ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network, and they have a stage out there that's covered, and I don't know how safe it is if it gets struck by lightning, but what do you do? Do you stop the draft if there's a storm? Do you tell people, hey, stay out here at your own risk? What do you do if you're the NFL and a storm blows through right as the the uh, the draft begins? And now, look, it's, it's reality TV, and this is part of what they embrace. They like the uncertainty. But I, I don't mind the uncertainty. I just concern myself with the potential safety or lack thereof for the people who don't know any better, who are just out there waiting for the draft. And they've come all this way. They've been out there all day long. The last thing they're going to do is go run inside and give up their great spot where they can see everything that's going to happen during the draft. Yeah, no, I think, you know, those that's valid, certainly. And, yeah, I would think the NFL, of course, has going to have to make an announcement on the PA or whatever it is to go, you know, there's lightning and thunderstorms within a mile of the area. You know, please find cover to protect yourself. They're going to have to do all those type of things. But, uh, yes, I mean, if it does strike like that and there's a severe lightning storm coming in, you know, what is going to happen? Are they going to suspend the draft for a little while? Am I going to be up all? 
all night watching the first round. How will that work? Uh, I hope it doesn't come to that because I don't feel like staying up all night for the first round, but I kind of want to see it just to see how the NFL handles it to a degree. You'll be at the draft party. You didn't invite me to drink a tequila. That's right. Go, you know, that's what you'll be doing. Come on, you know, 62nd and first come up there. Treadwell park. It's going to be fun. Mike, you know, a little tequila, a little draft, a little fun. Either way, they're going to get the picks in tonight. And once yeah. the picks get started, the Raiders eventually will be on the clock at number four, unless they trade up or down a suggestion that, and, and I, it always drives me crazy when a draft analyst or a reporter tries to say someone is moving up the board late. Ian Rappaport of NFL media says that, that Dwayne Haskins has moved up the board this week in Oakland. Now, and maybe he has, maybe the Raiders are as dysfunctional as we think they are from time to time, but chances are he was already there. It's just that reporters and drafts, experts are beginning to figure it out Haskins is one of the two quarterbacks they they had submit to a private workout Haskins has always been looming as a possibility and Mike Mayock himself the GM of the Raiders said that you owe it to yourself as a football organization to be looking for upgrades at every position all the time and that's all they're doing right so could the Raiders actually take Dwayne Haskins at number four, Chris? I don't think so. Uh, and again, I have no inside information here, but uh, I was around John Gruden more than any other quarterback has been in, in, his, in his history uh, to where I was with the guy a lot of days or for six years in a row to where um, it just doesn't – I don't think Dwayne Haskins is his cup of tea. You know, I've talked about it before. He likes the mobile, you know, Jeff Garcia, you know, Alex Smith, you know, Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray type. That's the guy that's always kind of had, you know, his eye as far as the quarterback position. You know, I think also he looks at himself like he should have played quarterback if it weren't for his height concerns. So I think he likes having short quarterbacks to show, oh, look, you know, these guys work too. We know he loved Russell Wilson when he was coming out. So, you know, uh, that that is where I push back. I look at this more, and to your point, first off, yeah, nobody rises up the board in some organization like three days before the draft. Like, we had him at 32, but we looked at the tape again, and oh my gosh, we were wrong, and we have to move him up to number four now. We were wrong through this whole process, and this last time we watched the tape, now he's 28 spots better. Yeah, of course not. I mean, yes, I thank you for bringing light to that. I hate when that crap gets talked about. Rising up boards. No, media member, sorry, that's not what's happening. He's been up the board already, and you're just finally hearing about it uh and this i really think this is just the raiders throwing a dart at the dartboard hoping somebody really had their eye on dwayne haskins and now they're hoping that that team who had their eye on dwayne haskins is going to feel the pressure by a comment like this and maybe trade up with the raiders and the raiders can acquire more draft assets but, you know, to piggy off, piggyback off of a point that we made during PFT Live about your experience with John Gruden and your belief that he hadn't studied your film until after you were already on the team, right. maybe he just did. Maybe he just <laughs> did look at Dwayne Haskins' film this week. Who knows what the Raiders I, are up well, to? I would, I would hope not. Since he worked him out personally, I would hope that he at least saw the guy on film before yeah. he worked him out. Yeah. Pro <laughs> probably probably a safe assumption, but right. you never do know with the Raiders. And 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 I, I don't want to pick on the Raiders. Raiders fans get upset. But, look, hey, Proop. Prove it to us. You were 4-12 and last year, and you traded away Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. Prove it to us that you know how to put a team together that is going to be able to compete in one of the toughest divisions in football when you've got the Chiefs and the Chargers. And who knows how good the Broncos are right. going to be with Vic Fangio. I think they're going to be better than people expect. All right, one of the things that fascinates us as the draft approaches, we know who the top quarterbacks are, but we really don't have a strong feeling 
for where these guys are going to fall. We think we know where Kyler Murray is going to go. We think the Giants are going to pounce on Daniel Jones somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. And if they don't take him at number six, there may be somebody else out there that swoops in to get him before the Giants are on the clock again at 17. But with guys like Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins, we have no idea where those guys are going to be uh, tomorrow at this time. No, it, it's. I feel like it's really kind of one of the untalked about things of this draft. It's rare. You know, last year we knew Cleveland, maybe the Giants, we knew. We knew they were deciding between a quarterback and Saquon Barkley. We knew the Jets were taking a quarterback. We knew the Buffalo Bills wanted a quarterback. We knew the Arizona Cardinals wanted a quarterback. You know, we knew the Baltimore Ravens wanted a quarterback. So these were things we knew. It was just about, ooh, who likes who and who has this guy above this guy and how does it shake out? You know, the you know years before that, we kind of knew as well. You know, okay, we knew the Texans needed a quarterback. We just weren't sure how they were going to do it. They traded up, got, got to Sean Watson. You know, Kansas City, okay, they caught us by surprise. But we knew the Eagles wanted Wentz. We knew the Rams wanted Goff. You just go through history, and it's just really rare to where, yeah, we can't really figure out. We know the Redskins are in the running for a quarterback, but they're not desperate. They do have Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. You know, the Dolphins have been very tight-lipped through this whole thing to where, yeah, they got Fitzpatrick. There seemed like they're trying to say, we'll wait for our quarterback next year, but I don't know if we can believe it. Yeah, what are the Giants going to do? Is it going to be at 6, at 17? I just feel like there's more questions than years before about what teams are going to do and are they going to take the quarterbacks, which I kind of find fascinating. Yeah, and, and also at the bottom of the round, who could that fifth guy be? Yeah. Last year, we, we, we knew that if there was going to be a fifth guy, it was going to be Lamar Jackson, and he ended up being pick number 32. This year, there are four or five guys who, in theory, could be that fifth quarterback. And, Chris, I can't rule out a sixth. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if there are teams out there that have fallen in love secretly with one of these fringe guys and they like the idea of grabbing them at the bottom of round one and having them under contract for five years, you can't rule it out. No, you cannot rule it out. You can never rule anything out with the quarterback position. And again, you know, I'll say this. Yes, I, you know, Jared Stidham, does he another guy that reaches the first round? Ryan Finley, I like him a lot. Does he that guy? You know, quarterbacks can be overvalued. We know that, certainly. Uh, I, I don't envision that happening, but I would not be shocked. You know, again, I'll use a line that I'll always go back to. You know, if, if Blake Bortles can be drafted at three or Christian Ponder at 10 or Jake Locker at 11 and some of these other guys that have been drafted in the first round, Johnny Manziel at 22, then damn, yes, Jared Stidham, Daniel Jones, Ryan Finley, they can go in the first round too uh so that's where always my baseline of that conversation has been there's been worse drafted in the first round than some of the guys were mentioned that could be that fifth or sixth guy that that ends up actually getting drafted and the thing we have to remember there is a certain cycle to the nfl a pendulum that swings back and forth and right now i think the owners are looking at all those other teams that have found great young quarterbacks in recent years. And at some level, those owners are saying, where is mine? And, and we know the owners have a way, some of them more directly than others, especially in Dallas where Jerry Jones, the owner, is also Jerry Jones, the GM. But the owners have a way of making their preferences known. And, you know, it doesn't take much. All it can take is a passing comment Watching the games in 2018, gee, when are we going to get one of these young quarterbacks? And the seed is planted for any GM who is smart enough to pay attention to what his boss wants. And that could cause this whole process to shift toward 
more rookie quarterbacks in round one instead of fewer. So keep an eye on that. Yep. That's probably the thing that I'm paying the most attention to, how many rookie quarterbacks will be drafted, because then we'll know how many owners have been saying, boy, it'd be nice to have one of those young quarterbacks on our team. All right, Washington and Atlanta, a couple of teams that Ian Rappaport says are looking into moving up. Now, we we take all this talk of moving up or moving down with a grain of salt because if you're not making phone calls this time of year as the draft approaches, what the hell else are you doing? You're not visiting with prospects. You're not doing active scouting. You're ready to go with your draft board. But with that said, it is significant to think that both the Falcons and Washington reportedly looking into trading up. Now, Chris, I was told yesterday that the talk of Washington trading up is just Bruce Allen being Bruce Allen. He does this for sport. He starts making the phone calls just to make waves and just to create stories and just to keep everybody guessing. But the Falcons, it seems like every time we hear about the Falcons trading up, they find a way to trade up. Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, you know, again, when I think of trading up, I mean, you're, you're trading up for difference makers, right? You know, a lot of times teams don't trade up for, you know, a left guard or a defensive tackle aggressively in the draft. It's usually pass rushers, quarterback maybe an elite receiver, right? Atlanta Falcons with Julio Jones. I mean, that's the kind of moves that are made usually to trade up in the draft. I'm not going to cancel out Washington in this conversation. Yeah, Bruce Allen, he's a slickster. He knows how to play and manipulate narratives and get people thinking, and good for him. He's very good at it, and he should be doing that. Uh, but I also think that there's got to be a little bit of a legit quarterback wanting there. And, yeah, I, you know, again, like I've said before, you know, being around Jay Gruden as much as as I, I have been in my life, I would think Kyler Murray fancies them. They're not going to get him. I would think the second guy would be Drew Locke because of the way he can throw it, quick release, athlete. We've talked about some of those things to where, yeah, maybe the Redskins are looking and going, we got to get in front of the Redskins number 10 to make sure we get Drew Locke. Uh, so I, I'm not saying that's crazy as far as the Falcons are concerned, Mike. I think it would if they're going to trade up, I would think it's a pass rushing type of guy. You know, is it a Josh Allen from Kentucky? Is it a Brian Burns from Florida State? Uh, is there somebody else? Is it Montez Sweat from Mississippi State? Who it is, I don't know, but that would be the position I would think they're looking at. Well, and it was the Falcons eight years ago that made the ultimate all-in move when they traded up for Julio Jones. Right. And Thomas Dimitrov, the GM of the Falcons, did it against the advice of of Bill Belichick and that was a huge that was a stunner and I remember it was you know late afternoon early evening that the talk started to emerge that the Falcons were thinking about making a big move up into the top 10 all right one more topic before we wrap today's PFTOT we had a snippet from my interview with Jerry Tillery the former Notre Dame defensive tackle you can see the full interview at profootballtalk.com Tillery in Hawaii living the life I love it I love the approach smart guy articulate guy uh, very worldly, knows Mandarin, as you pointed out during the show. Why do teams have a problem with smart players, with players who are sophisticated and worldly? This is 2019. Why do football evaluators think that's a negative? Uh, it's uh, it's troubling and annoying uh, for, for my money, okay? And, yeah, I mean, that's the number one thing. And you asked him the question during your interview – you know, what's the number one knock? And he admitted that people are questioning whether I love football. And I've heard the same thing. You know, I said it before. You, I even saw the interview. I said it to you off air. That's the one thing I hear about him. And it's, it's part of the old school nature of the NFL. 
They like meatheads. They don't want you to think too much and, you know, whoa, you're going to challenge what I told you? How dare you question this, even though your question is very logical and makes a lot of sense and maybe my answer doesn't make sense, but how dare you do that? This is supposed to be militaristic. When I say the sky's red, you just say, yes, sir, it's red. You know, that's what they want sometimes in the NFL. It's annoying. They want meatheads who are dumb. Uh, and I don't uh, necessarily agree with that to where, yeah, they get scared that a guy like Jerry Tillery, who, like you said, is worldly and an outside-the-box thinker and knows Mandarin, that at some point, you know, in year six of his career, he might go, man, maybe I shouldn't bash my head against the wall so many times and maybe I'll go to something else. You know, no, that's not necessarily true. I mean, just because a guy's smart doesn't mean he doesn't love football and love everything that goes into it and can't have other avenues, you know, outside of football that interest him. And to me, yeah, that's a very old school, old world NFL thought that I do not think is fair at all. But, but I do understand the reasoning for it, even if I don't agree with it, the idea that you take on guys who have no other options. They yeah. have nothing else that they could do, and they are going to be all in, and they right. are going to be inclined to play for as long as their bodies will let them play, even if they have the potential for serious long-term health effects because they played as long as they did. And if you are a smart guy who could maybe start a business or get an advanced degree or pursue another avenue, then, hey, if somebody drafts you, you may not play to that second contract. You may retire before you even finish your first contract. And, and so why isn't there more concern, Chris, about Kyler Murray? I mean, why does everybody just believe he's done with baseball forever? You know, Peter King made the point this week that Murray is 57-3 and as a starting quarterback in high school and college. So the idea is once he loses three games in three weeks instead of three games in seven years, is he going to realize, hey, football's hard, maybe baseball will be easier. Did you, and did, why aren't teams as concerned that maybe Murray will, who is small, who may get hit really hard? I remember when Pat White, came out of West Virginia as a second-round pick. He got hit really hard by Ike Taylor, and he was done. Um, I, I, look, I, 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 I would just worry about that yeah. if I'm talking about using a top-five pick on Kyler Murray. I, how do you get to the point where you're comfortable he's not going to, at some point, say, see you later, football. I changed my mind again. I'm going back to baseball. Yeah, no, that's that's where, you know, again, the area scout, the guy that's in charge of the, you know, southwest area for Arizona and, and, and you know, looks at the players from Texas and Oklahoma, you know, they're going to have to rely on him. Uh, the you know K Kingsbury, the GM, are going to have to be able to talk to Lincoln Riley, the coach at Oklahoma. You know, and how much does Kyler Murray love football and competing and all of those things? How did he handle you know adversity when he did have it? All of those things are going to go into this. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's in the back of their mind. Oh gosh, he could go play baseball, but obviously they feel comfortable enough to know that this guy loves the sport of football. You know, he did make the first right step to show us that he loves it. I mean, he was the number eight pick in Oakland and they gave him a lot of money and here he is, you know, taking a risk by going to play football, whether he would be the number one pick and, and do all that. So uh, I think, again, that goes back into, you know, just your, your off the field evaluations and really your deep dive digging into the person and the people that kind of know the true makeup of the player. And, and you have to be able to trust somebody who is telling you that the yeah. guy is all in with right. football. And that brings me back to Arizona because when the agent for Kyler Murray is also the agent for Cliff Kingsbury, 
that agent isn't going to be representing Cliff Kingsbury for very long if he isn't telling him something true and honest about Kyler Murray's intentions now and in Correct. the future. All right, Chris, we're going to wrap it up. Try not to drink too much tequila tonight. we got a show to do tomorrow. <laughs> I know. Okay? I'm a little worried. <laughs> and, and enjoy enjoy your draft party that I wasn't invited to. And, and if you talk about me, I will find out about it. I have eyes and ears everywhere. So watch what you say. Watch what you do. Don't get arrested. Thank you. Uh, although that would make for one hell of a show tomorrow if that were to happen. Go ahead and get arrested. Uh, no, have a good time. And uh, check out ProFootballTalk.com. You know, we'll be doing some copying, some pasting, and some snarky commenting. I'll be looking. The day. You the man. Have All a right, good everybody. day. Enjoy the have draft. Have a great day. We'll, we'll talk to everybody on Friday. Yeah. All right, buddy. See you, man.